0: are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Monday, September the 23rd and some more top 100 lists today. This is your boy Matt Shook, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Detroit News and Associated Press. Pistons fan and follower my whole life and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Media Day is around the corner. We're going to tell you about that a little bit later. But football, I know, is on everyone's mind in Michigan as a roller coaster of a weekend for Wolverines, Spartans, and Detroit Lions fans around here. And, of course, the Central Michigan Chippewas with a nice showing down in Coral Gables, congratulations to the Chippewas. Getting ready for Big Western Week this weekend. I'm going to try to catch some of that game on television this weekend. But give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore shook s c h o c h another underscore for that. Also check out the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account and check us on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash Matt shook. But today back to another top 100 list. We're going to talk about a surprise on a national list that's around there, and then another instance last week where I thought a piston got snubbed. On these kind of things, we're also going to talk about who is the Pistons' third best player, and does it really matter at this point? And uh, I'm going to tell you why I think it's a good indication of uh, why we might not be so gung ho about this team coming into this season. I know it's it's that time of year where everyone's excited about their team, everyone's thinking about the best case scenarios that are out there. But like I said, we will talk about media day a little bit at the end of the show when that is, and uh, I'm going to ask you guys what you think should be asked at Media Day coming up in about a week. But today, talking about the ESPN Top 100 rankings, they threw theirs out there. um, I believe it came out today on Monday, and uh, they're going to be doing it throughout the week. They put out the Top 100 to 51 list out here uh, for Monday, and we'll be adding more as the week goes on. I'm kind of uh, absently scrolling through this list this morning, looking at it, and I honestly wasn't expecting any Pistons to go in there, and that got me to thinking about... The uh, the makeup of this roster in that, you know, you expect that Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are going to be in the top 50 and that the third best player will not be in the top 100. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more in depth later. But imagine my surprise as I continue scrolling and see that Andre Drummond is, in fact, in this list that came out today. He's at number 52, almost at the very bottom of the ESPN Top 100's, uh, you know, Monday rendition of their list. Uh, Just a reminder that Andre Drummond came in at number 36 in SI.com's rankings, so a big jump downward from the list uh, that the two uh, publications put out. Now, if you think about it like this, you know, 30 teams in the NBA, well, that means every team, in theory, should have one player in the top 30, and then a second player in the 31 to 60 range, and so on and so on. So every team should have three players on this list, and it should be kind of divided up that way. So if you kind of look at it from that metric, and I know that we're kind of um, making an abstract argument over something that's really not uh, quite so when building a roster and team building and, and as, as it compares to around the NBA. So in SI.com's rankings, you're arguing that Andre Drummond at number 36 is one of the better second-best players on a roster in the NBA Whereas if you put him at 52, he's kind of more near the bottom of the list of the second of top second best players on a roster in the NBA. Just some context for this: uh, Jalen Brown is the only player that's been released on this list so far as ahead of Andre Drummond. As the list goes comes out throughout the week, I'll point out some more players that I think that Andre should be above. But you know, Jalen Brown is just one of those cases where uh, it's a projection of this coming season. So you're predicting a guy kind of making a leap as the season goes on. He had a rough start to last season, Jalen Brown did, and kind of recovered with a pretty good second half. I'd kind of equate that with Andre Drummond in some ways, although Andre Drummond, uh, a little bit more track record in this league, a couple All-Star games. And then, of course, there's always the position uh, uh, in these kind of arguments of his position. Andre Drummond's a center, and you might argue that those guys have gotten less and less valuable as the game has shifted more towards the perimeter. And, of course, Andre Drummond, a lightning rod of such... Uh, in these kind of things because of his uh, abilities that are uh, extreme on some one some ends in terms of his positives like rebounding and extreme on his other ends as far as um, I guess the lack of shot creation would be something that holds him back from a lot of the top 50 players on um, list, this list. In the write-up for the ESPN Top 100, Eric Woodyard wrote it up. He wrote for a newspaper in Utah about the Jazz, but now was recently hired by ESPN.com. I believe he's from Flint as well. I know he's from Michigan. And uh, yeah, Eric, uh, a guy that I think I've met once or twice in, on the road there. But uh, Eric, uh, writing about Andre Drummond being underrated in the write-up about him being underrated. So I think they took the panel of experts and maybe had one guy uh, write up the each of the capsules for each of the players based on whether he thought that player was underrated or overrated, and Eric took the position that Andre Drummond is underrated on this list, saying, my biggest takeaway from the rankings was Drummond being, list, Drummond being listed outside the top 50. Sure, he isn't a great offensive threat, but we just can't glance over the fact that Drummond led the league in boards the past two seasons and is one of eight players in league history to post at least 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in six or more consecutive seasons. I don't see him slowing down either. He's only 26. Maybe they forgot about Dre. End quote there from Eric. So standing up a little bit for Detroit, as we would expect a uh, a Michigander to do. Uh, Eric obviously makes some great points about the uh, positive stats for Andre Drummond, but as we know, numbers can kind of be cut up however you want to, especially when you're talking about a guy as polarizing as Andre Drummond. So where do I stand? Uh, 36 on, e- on SI.com, 52 on ESPN. Uh, at the risk of being boring, you know, I, I kind of think that Andre Drummond is somewhere in the middle of there, maybe like the early 40s, the low 40s, something like that, mid-40s, just because I think as far as him being the second-best player on your team, um, it's it's okay. It's not bad. You would need improvements around your roster, whether that be the best player in your team or the rest of the depth for that to be uh, a needle-moving scenario for the team. Now, when you're talking about Blake Griffin, obviously another guy who's probably mediocre for your best player on your team, probably, if we're being honest, a little bit on the low end for in terms of the age and what you might expect for his injury capabilities and, and possibilities for this coming season. So now you got a low end number one and maybe a mid range number two. And then, as we know, the roster kind of falls off a cliff. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So, where do you think? What do you think Andre Drummond stacks up? Reach out to me on social media uh, on where you think he would be. I would especially like it if you guys put together a list. Make your own, get this pencil and pen out and uh, make a list, scratch it out, take a picture of it, and send it to me on social media, 1 through 50 in the NBA, or maybe longer than that if you think Andre Drummond, like ESPN, is outside of the top 50. Where does he land and what number would it be? And show your work. But uh, we talked about Blake Griffin a little bit already. And also came out last week was SI.com's all-decade teams. They came out with their first team, the second team, and the third team. Blake Griffin making the all-decade third team along with Dirk Nowitzki, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dwayne Wade, and Kobe Bryant. Now, all four of those guys with a, of a projection for Giannis are probably going to have better careers than Blake Griffin, all told, you know, certainly Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki already have had all better careers than Blake Griffin. But what's unique about Blake in terms of the context of this list is that Blake's entire career, has been in this decade. So his prime, his rookie seasons, uh, you know, everything that, uh, that has come so far, that uh, as he kind of fades, you know, towards the end of his prime, possibly even outside of his prime relatively soon. So Blake is kind of the perfect candidate for, to be a little bit overrated on this list, not overrated, but properly rated and seemingly overrated because, um, he might be rated ahead of guys that might be, have better careers than him that don't fall in the context of 2010 to 2019. So with that being said, as I look at the second team, Russell Westbrook, who, just like Blake, is kind of in this sweet spot of, of properly rated in this uh, in this exercise because of the way his career has fallen, uh, fallen into the scope. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Tim Duncan, and Draymond Green. Now going back to the third team, like I said, Dirk, Giannis, Wade, and Kobe, Those guys have had or figure to have better careers than Blake Griffin. But Dirk, Wade, and Kobe had a lot of their good years before 2010. Giannis Antetokounmpo obviously will have many of his good seasons in the next decade and is a great, great candidate for possibly first team in the next decade as we're doing this exercise. However, as I go back to the second team, I'm finding a name on here that I'm having some trouble with. And a couple names, really, if we're being honest. Anthony Davis and Tim Duncan and the forward spots. Now again, I'm not arguing that Blake Griffin has had a better career than Tim Duncan. That's ridiculous. And I'm also not arguing that Blake Griffin, when all is said and done, will have a better career than Anthony Davis. However, I will make an argument head-on right now that Blake Griffin deserves to be second team over Anthony Davis in particular. I can't quite bring myself to make the argument over Tim Duncan. I got a soft spot for the Virgin Islander. But, you know, Anthony Davis didn't start his career until 2012, so you're chopping two years off of the decade to begin there. Still hasn't won a playoff series. He's been hurt a bunch, and I guess, you know, talking about lack of playoff success, going deep into playoffs and a bunch of injuries, you could make the same arguments against Blake Griffin as he's had uh, an imperfect career, although a very good one so far. Um, Two more years though for Blake Griffin, um, even though he's had those same sort of complaints throughout his career that I just levied at Anthony Davis. And again, Given the fact that Anthony Davis, we're projecting that he has a nice, you know, decade going forward in the 2020s, he probably makes this kind of list in the next decade. Uh, and there's no world, obviously, where Blake Griffin makes the 2020 all-decade list. Uh, so in the go ahead, Anthony Davis ends the decade by forcing himself out of New Orleans, kind of a debacle of a situation there. Uh, but Blake Griffin, on the other hand, 10th in scoring over the past decade, uh, has provided excitement, has grown into uh, a leader in his time in the NBA, has put up all sorts of all-star game numbers, has reinvented himself towards the end of the decade, uh, despite those injuries. And, uh, yeah, obviously some more playoff success, some more continued health would continue his career as a whole, but as it stands, when we're talking about this season ending the 2018, 2019 season being the end of that last decade, I would have put him on the second team above Anthony Davis. But have you had a long day at work? Are you still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. This is a great app that you should be using. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Lockdown. L-O-C-K-E-D-ON. L-O-C-K-E-D, on. You know how to spell LOCKEDON. $5 off your first order, $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter promo code LOCKDOWN. Up next, I got some thoughts as we go through this top 100 list. It jarred my my thoughts. Who's the Pistons' third best player, and does it matter? That's up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Yes, sir! A little bit later on, we're going to talk some about media day, and I'm going to ask for you guys some input on what we should be asking at media day for the Detroit Pistons. Before we go on, I wanted to pass along the the big NBA news from last Friday. Not that big, but in terms of the middle of September context of big, they passed some tampering restrictions, some big new rules that they're going to randomly audit five teams' communications with rival front offices and player agents each season. So teams have to hold on to all that communication in case they're one of those five teams that gets audited. Uh, increasing the maximum fine for any tampering up to $10 million, and also, uh, yeah, like I said, requiring those teams to save some of their communications um, over the past year. So kind of an unbelievable uh, thing because obviously some teams are very upset. If you read between the lines, it's probably because of the Kawhi Leonard situation and how he ended up going to the Clippers and that the Toronto Raptors are probably one of the teams that's upset about this in the Magic Johnson tenure with the Los Angeles Lakers. All the tampering violations and allegations that transpired from that. Again, these are issues that have been outside of the scope of the Detroit Pistons world over the past year. There's a lot of things going on in the NBA that have nothing to do with the Detroit Pistons, as far as we can tell, uh, in terms of deep the, the, the deep playoff runs, uh, all those kind of things, uh, top picks of the draft, things like that have been evading the Detroit Pistons over the past decade or so. Another uh, interesting development from late last week of the Board of Governors meeting is that they passed um, traveling provisions. They actually put some new language in as to what the gather dribble is. We've talked about the gather step over traveling. You can go on Twitter and find all sorts of videos and YouTube about what's traveling and what's not. They're trying to actually put a pen to paper about what that gather step is. So we'll see if there's more clarity. In my experiences with sports, and you see this with the Um, replay rules in the NFL for the most part. I find that the more rules you add, the more complicated things get. So I think that, in my opinion, uh, without studying the issue too much on what the update is for traveling this year, I think that they're actually going to muddy the waters a little bit as opposed to what it was. The other rule is that they'll be announcing starting lineups a little bit earlier. You have to have your starting lineup in 30 minutes before game time as opposed to 10 minutes before game time. So it helps for the Daily Fantasy, so that's probably the bottom line reason that. But like I said, I'm talking about the third best player on the Pistons. Uh, Some names that were on this list ahead of any third best player on the Pistons, Ricky Rubio, uh, Fred Van Vliet at number 88, Bam Adebayo at 81, Spencer Dinwiddie, old friend there at 76, JJ Redick at 73, Lonzo Ball at 68, Joe Ingles at 62. Those were some of the names that jumped out at me as far as, man, it's disappointing that the Pistons don't have a player that I would expect while scrolling from this list to jump out at one of those numbers. And yet, I just named a bunch of players there that really aren't that good. And it's telling in a a negative way for the Pistons roster that that's a group of guys that I don't really have a lot of respect for. But yet, I don't expect for the Pistons to have any players of their third best on the roster to jump up and beat any of those guys on that list. So it's another indication that we know that the Pistons drop off in roster talent from number two to number three is a big one. Uh, again, you have a best player on the team who is kind of in the bottom half of where you want to be. Uh, the second best player is, depending on where you view Andre Drummond, is either a, a an upper echelon second best player on the team or middle of the road or possibly even towards the bottom of the list. And then that big drop off. It feels like a bad place to be in terms of the roster. And again, the particulars of the 1 to 30, 31 to 60, 61 to 90 uh, metric that I'm pulling out here, it's not really that important that you land people in those particular factions. I'm just kind of using this criteria as a baseline look at the talent level of this roster. And uh, it's not a good one at the top 5 6, so to speak. Now, uh, again, I think we've praised Ed Stefanski in the front office for doing a good job in terms of building up that talent level, in terms of that uh, 4 to 8 or 9 range over the past couple years. And not only that, but uh, have done a good job of rolling the dice a little bit so that down the road those possibly even third-best player or second-best player on this list, uh, the potential, the ceiling for that is a little bit better when talking about guys like Luke Kennard, possibly even Bruce Brown, and uh, to uh, more roll of the dice but more upside uh, level that Sekou Dumbuya pick at number 15 in the draft this past June. Now, who's the third-best player on the Pistons? You know, it's it's probably Reggie Jackson, if we're being honest, Um, and maybe you're bullish on Luke Kennard. Uh, But you really can't make an argument for anyone else on this roster at this point unless you're one of the Derrick Rose stands, and we know you're out there. And and who knows? It's possible that Derrick Rose puts it together uh, this year and becomes the primary point guard for this team sooner rather than later and uh, kind of puts Reggie Jackson on the bench or maybe plays alongside him quite a bit. Uh, We know that Derrick Rose has the talent, but it's just as possible, probably even more possible, um, that he misses 60 games with an injury But uh, my point is that there's no one really in much consideration for the Pistons to be in this top 100 list. Uh, Reggie Jackson was on the SA.com top 100 list last year, I believe 97 or 98. Um, And he played pretty well at the second half of last season, as we know, and and, and very well in the four-game sweep in the playoffs. So maybe it's a little unfair that Reggie Jackson, in my mind, doesn't really deserve consideration uh, for the top 100 list. He was pushed off of the list, I think is the most accurate way of putting it because of uh, the new talent that's infusing the league every year you you add more guys guys make the leap and of course uh guys that are at the back end of their primes uh with Reggie Jackson's injury history being the more most contributing part of that that um and he's probably even outside of his prime if we're being honest about uh, where his body is at this point um so you know when Reggie gets pushed off uh, it's because of those young players stepping up and and, and Reggie Jackson's probably more in the 120 range at this point. Uh, Again, maybe he likes this. Maybe this is something that Reggie Jackson can use as fuel coming into this season. Luke Kennard, I don't know. I mean, we've talked uh, about him being uh, a guy who's probably never going to make an all-star team, but certainly a guy who can be a starter in this league for a long time if things uh, work out in terms of his potential. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, Kyle Korver made an all-star team and uh, those kind of things can happen. But of course, team success largely will uh, depend on those kind of things. Going forward, so Reggie Jackson, you know, not being on this list, will that give him a little bit of a chip on his shoulder? Seems to be a guy who thrives off that a little. But when you talk about Derrick Rose and Reggie Jackson, I like the the mix in terms of a little bit of competition for those guys. They're both veterans, uh, so you would expect that there's a civility. There's not going to be issues between those two or uh, locker room problems created by the fact that you have kind of a a two headed monster at the point guard position. So that's not a problem that I expect, and I expect that those guys. Like I said, thrive off the competition. Both of them are uh players that have reached a certain point in their career where, you know, Derrick Rose has a 2-year contract and he's made a lot of money in the past, but Reggie Jackson's heading into a contract year, certainly wants to uh have a few more years in the league, so you would expect that he is super motivated to play well this year and get some numbers, get some production, get some wins uh, as a guy who leads a winning team so he can maybe uh, be thought of as a nice free agent um, in the market going forward. Whether that's with the Detroit Pistons or not remains to be seen, but certainly he's a guy who wants to get guaranteed money going forward and get opportunities to extend his career a little bit. Uh, they're going forward. But is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their favorite shows. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and more earning power than traditional media audiences. So have your company sponsor this podcast. Go ahead and email me at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. Up next, we're going to talk about media day a little bit. I'm going to ask you guys, What should a man like me ask at Media Day next week? That's coming up here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team, every day. All right, and lastly, Media Day is coming up next Monday afternoon. That's right, September 30th. I believe training camp gets started the following day at Michigan State on October 1st. The time is ticking down to training camp, preseason games, All that good stuff. I'm excited. I hope you guys are. But I got a question for you. I'm planning on heading there to Little Caesars Arena right down the street on Woodward there. um, Next Monday afternoon. So let me know what you would ask. You can go ahead and call us on the Google voicemail line. Any of the Pistons players, Dwayne Casey, Ed Stefanski. Of course, I'm not guaranteeing that I will ask your question. But if you were in my position and could ask Pistons players anything, uh, obviously we're going to try to keep it as basketball uh, as much as possible. Although I am interested to hear how... Uh, You know, Blake Griffin's summer overall went with the comedy and everything. Maybe we could try for a one-on-one with him sometime soon for the podcast. But give us a call on the Google voicemail line. That's 810-666-1546. If you want to, uh, and you can have some fun with it, too, if you'd rather uh, put your reporter hat on and give me a a one-minute or less take on what you would ask. How would you... Approach Media Day if you had some questions for the Pistons, serious or not serious, whatever you want to do with it. Give you some room for some comedy bits or something like that if you want to do that. 810-666-1546. Or if you have some questions that you legitimately would like me to ask and want to just go ahead and text that number, those or send them to me on Twitter, uh, Facebook message, whatever you want. Uh, But, yeah, we'll crowdsource a little bit going into Media Day. It's boring. You know, the the guys all sit there on the podium for – 15, 20 minutes apiece. We ask how their summers went. We ask how healthy they are, if they're in their best shape of their lives. All that good stuff that you would expect from a media day. And, um, yeah, of course, we're going to get to know the new guys on the team a little bit, some intriguing veterans that have had some up-and-down careers, trying to recover off of injuries, trying to rebuild their careers a little bit, the value of them as well. So some interesting names and some interesting things that will be talked about. We'll grab some of that audio and play it for you here on the lockdown pistons podcast as well. So, good times ahead, some exciting things to look forward to and I'm crowdsourcing a little bit seeing what you guys think and what you guys want to hear. Again, that number 810-666-1546 just leave a voicemail there on the Lockdown Pistons Google voicemail line. But that'll do it for today's show. This is your boy your boy Matt shook the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast saying, "Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow."